were we? What was the last question? Long Prescott runs it up the middle. 15, 10, 5, diving to the wall. Been a long time, long time. Shouldn't have left you, left me without a dope. Step two, step two, step two, step two. I sess her on high today. What's that? Sess her on, sess her on, whatever the fuck it is. Sess her on. Ready to go today. I like it. With that, welcome back. It's the Zero to 100 podcast. I am your host, William C. Walker Jr. In this episode 91 that I am calling Catching Up because I have a lot to get caught up on in regards to what's gone down in about the last month and a half. Uh, The last time I actually posted an episode was a Stranger Things Volume 1 review with all of my amazing nieces. And so, in this episode, uh, in fact, that was actually back in June, on June 30th that I posted the last episode. So, yes, it's been an entire month has gone by, and we are now practically halfway through the month of August. So, apologies for being late with getting back, but in this episode, I'm once again joined by all of my nieces as we reviewed Stranger Things Volume 2 that wrapped up, and then I think it's going to be like another two years before they dropped the final fifth uh, seat, the fifth and final season of Stranger Things. And um, because it was such a, a lengthy conversation, and again, there's so many things that I want to talk about, uh, you're only going to get half of our review in this episode, but the catching up, uh, you know, episode of the Zero to 100 podcast is actually, I'm telling you right now, going to be broken into two parts. Uh, the other part of this episode is going to include the conversation I had with my brother Corey and my niece Samaya came back as we discussed Marvel Studios' plans for Phase Four, Five, and Six. They all dropped to San Diego Comic Con this uh, summer. Um, learning that, in fact, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever is going to be the end of Marvel's Phase Four, and I have a lot of thoughts about that. So that was part of our conversation. And then also, there's just, like, just in the world of politics in general, and that's why I started the episode with the opening with that crazy clip that I totally forgot about, um, <laughs> when, after the election, and that was in Arizona, um, when they had finally certified that Joe Biden had won the state, and then this crazy guy with, uh, <laughs> a t-shirt that said, 
barbecue beer and freedom just screamed at Yo, it, that was wild. Like, if you think back onto that election between Biden and Trump, just the aftermath of it was so crazy. And that's not even talking about the madness that went down on January 6th, um, in, you know, back in, in, in 2021. It's just, oh man, it, it's absolutely insane all the stuff that's been going down and and Trump it's like I was telling my wife and like I'm gonna get a little bit into the politics right now because I was just telling my wife like Donald Trump has been so criminal and so evil in terms of the stuff that he's been doing it's like you look back on Bush George W. Bush you're like man it wasn't that bad like it's not that bad like he was and he was terrible he was a terrible president and he was bad but it was like he was, it was almost like he was just, he was very dumb and he was very influenced by his, the people around him. And I don't think he, like, I don't think his intentions were necessarily bad. Like, that's, that's the crazy, like, that's how awful Trump is. And I, like, Bush did some really terrible things and I do think he was a terrible president. And I do think he had bad intentions in terms of what he wanted to get for his base and everything like that. But in the grand scheme of it, he, not that bad compared to, to Trump and it's just insane to me so I will definitely get into some of that I mean it's a lot that is going on in this country um, you know because that especially just like since the Uvalde shooting and the madness about that and then you got Trump stealing nuclear uh, document man yo it's just wild it's absolutely wild I can't even it's, it's, it's so funny like as I was you know what, I'm not going to get bogged down because I'm going to get stuck in it if I keep talking about it. The other thing that I'm definitely going to talk about in this episode, woo, baby, we're back. Football season is here. Preseason football is popping off. Yes, preseason sucks, but the season is right around the corner. And when I'm talking about football, you know what I'm talking about. It's Cowboys. Them boys! Anyway, oh, I'm fired up. So I'm going to talk a little Cowboys, uh, just my thoughts, and, and especially my thoughts in regards to the, the Cowboys fan base and the disturbing trend that I really picked up on last year when I really, like, I've been on Twitter more than anything. And I know that social media in general can be a very toxic place, but Cowboy fans and Cowboys Twitter is just, I just have a, I just have a lot of thoughts that I have to share and I have to get it off my chest because I'm very, very confused. Uh, so I can also tell you that going down the stretch, especially now that football season is here, it's going to be way more consistent. The episodes of Zero to 100 podcast. I'll definitely have a Cowboys element probably in each and every episode. Uh, I'm not going to try to take up the whole episode with Cowboys stuff, but yeah, look, look, you know what time it is. You know what time it is when football season is back. Especially if you listen to the Zero to 100 podcast. You already know. So, without further ado, this is it. It's the Zero to 100 podcast. Happy to be back. As my man Timberland says, it's been a long time. Shouldn't have left you. It's episode 91. Catching up. This is the Zero to 100 podcast. Let's go. It's the Zero to 100 podcast. I'm back joined by all of my nieces. There's Nalani. Hi. Samaya. Hello. Nevea. Hi. Nasira. 
Who's muted? Hello. And Ricky. Hi. You're missing Layla and Reese. Not all your nieces. Not to be confused with her dad, Ricky. This is baby Ricky. All right, so <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we're talking Stranger Things Volume 2. And some people said they need a recap. So, okay, Samaya, let's recap. Where we left okay. off was uh, Nancy was in the trance under Vecna. And he was taking her through his history. And they were trying to wake her up. Uh, wake, wake her up. And then they, uh, like, she ended up, he woke her up on her, his own because he wanted her to just be a warning. And then I think they jumped to Russia where Hopper, Joyce, Murray, and Enzo, because I can't remember what the Russian guard's real name is, was in the midst of trying to get out of, uh, trying to get out of the prison. Mm-hmm. And then you had... Eleven, who was in, was that Nevada? Where, where was Eleven being held at? Do you guys remember? I think it was. Yeah. yeah I think it was Nevada. Um, and you had Mike and Will leaving from Utah to Nevada because they had got her coordinates thanks to, um, is it Susie? Susie, yeah. Yeah. So they get there. And I'm going to fast forward through all some stuff. And they figured out that Vecna needed four victims to open up the gate to bring the upside down into the real world. And so they was going to use Max's bait. And they come up with this plan to use Max's bait. And then they can attack Vecna while he's trying to kill Max. And pretty much you have Eleven getting free from her place. And then she realizes what their plan is and she's going to try to piggyback off of Max's mental signal to get inside to fight Vecna. And let's see. I'm jumping over stuff. But point is, Max... Papa dies. Yeah, they kill. Yeah. So Max ends up almost being killed and... His plan worked technically because they were able to open up the gates and and uh, you, like the way the season ends, you can see the upside down bleeding into the real world and Hawkins and everything. So let's go with letter grades, starting with Samaya. What's your letter grade for the season? I'd give that an A plus. Okay. Okay. Nalani, what's your letter grade for the last two episodes? Mm. I'm I'm thinking like a A, maybe A minus. Yeah. Okay. Who, who does it? Let me get a quick thing around. Does anyone not give it an A? Okay, Vea. Me, me. Didn't yes, you, what did you give volume one? Didn't you give it like a B? I think I gave it a B, probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you give this a B as well? I think I give this like a C plus. C oh. plus? 
Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> All right, we'll come I back. Guess he's she's just like mad. She's just mad. Oh, like I gave it a I gave it an A minus. I thought it was good. I gave it an A. Yeah, I can get more into it. Nasira, what's your letter grade? Um, an A. And Ricky, what's your letter grade? I give it an A minus. Okay. All right. So Vea is the hater. So let's hear what the hater didn't like. What was? Why'd you give it a C? <laughs> I. It's like a C plus, like B minus to me personally because one, it was two episodes. Kind of disappointing. Um, three or two. I said one. Um, two. Uh, two. It. It was just like I just felt like it was very like let's figure out a way that they can all be connected even though they're not connected. I didn't really like that. Um, the ending, it's just nothing was resolved was my problem. I think we just created more problems. Well, that's, like, usually usually well, that's in the so season, funny. like, we resolve things. Like, we resolve at least one thing. At least one thing is resolved. But I feel like in this season, it was just more was uncovered, more was uncovered, more was uncovered, more was uncovered. Yes, it's leading it to just, the final season. I know, but it's like not one thing can be resolved. Also, they did, like, a lot of, like, they did a lot of like really unnecessary things with the plot. Like they were like, "Oh, uh, Nancy and Steve," and it was like no one asked for that. We were fine, and then that never actually happened. We were just they were just hinting at it as if it was something that was gonna happen, which no one cared about, and it never did happen. And well, they didn't really. Yeah, but I think that's just you. That's <laughs> not just me. <laughs> I had no problem with the Steve. Like it's very obvious that Steve never got over Nancy. Nancy, the one Nancy. that left Steve. Steve, yeah, made, but so that makes sense. But it, it it's also like Nancy was acting like she was like she was questioning her relationship with Jonathan, which is valid. Like she can, but then it's like when Jonathan got back, like what's going on? Does she still want to be with Jonathan? Does he want to be with Steve now? Like well, they didn't really resolve that. I don't know. I just felt like it was kind of weird. I think that's just normal. It's like when you're in a relationship with somebody, and if you were especially if you're in a long distance relationship like they theirs was you can yeah. feel like it's growing apart and then when you actually see the person then you're happy to see them again so it's like that that yeah um, i didn't have a problem with that. also i'd like to add that um i feel like that's normal it's to create tension because like obviously when jonathan got back i was like uh-oh they had this like whole talk. Is she gonna still be with him? And then also you can see from because I rewatched season two after watching season four or the volume two, and I could see that they were kind of like they were getting there was tension between them even in season two. So um or no season three, my bad season three. Um so I feel like this is kind of them trying getting falling out of their relationship and that's why I kind of, it kind of makes sense that they tried to reintroduce the Steve and Nancy dynamic but I mean it's going to create tension like the background of like whether Will is gay or not we don't know or, He's, they've confirmed that both of the time he's been new bro he's gay he's gay I was, one of the questions I was going to ask you guys you, I'll tell you what my worst moment is 
It's this whole will, is he, is he not? It's obvious. We get it. We know he's gay. It's not a secret. It's very obvious. It's not more like, is he or is he not? But like, how is he going? Is he going to come out to his friends? Or do no. they know? Because we got a whole bunch of problems out? other than deciding if you want to come out or not. We That's gotta, what I'm saying. Like, this dude coming out of the closet is, we got bigger fish to fry. Okay, but think so about it. Think about it. Think about it. Right here. I'm not See, worried about a... this dude and him trying to come out the closet. Oh, we geez. worried about hey, this dude from destroying the planet. <laughs> Listen, that's the thing about heroes. <laughs> Y'all, y'all go because I took this class. And the thing about heroes is they're they're always like, okay, they have to be the hero, but at the same time, they're just regular human beings. They're trying to live as regular human beings. Well, it's not they're a showing hero. this interfamilial. I'm not saying they're like they're superheroes, but they are typically heroes because they're saving the world. Like, yes, they have all this pressure that they gotta defeat Vecna, but they also are kids, teenagers going to school. They have parents and families that they got to protect too. don't have time for this. Just like the whole, like, all right, Vazor Beam, I'll give you a little bit of credit because, but at least with the Steve Nancy thing, I felt like it was involved with them interacting. So that's why it was there. But at the end of the day, I kind of don't care about Steve. Like Steve tell, oh, I wish you I always picture you. Okay, we ain't got time for that. We need to focus on saving the world. So if I'm going to complain about Wilson, I'll give you that in regards to the Steve and Nancy thing. But uh, that's, yeah, that's my worst moment. That was my worst moment because I felt like you're beating me over the head and I get it. I get it. He's in love with Mike. Whoop-de-doo. I don't care. The funniest thing that came out of that is a stupid meme where you show uh, the back of We'll say with with the with the neck. <laughs> so that's the only good thing that came out of it. I don't care. I don't care. Anyway, so, back to my spiel about what I didn't like about it. Um, I don't know. I felt like the whole eleven thing. I pre- one thing I do appreciate about it is that we're finally putting eleven's time in. What wherever that was and in, in the like the place together. Mm. I feel like before we only had like short clippets and we didn't really have a timeline, and now we have a timeline or whatever. That's one thing I appreciated. But I just I really just felt like when everybody was back in Hawkins, it was just like, what's going on? Like the town is the town is just like okay, an earthquake happened, and we saw like we saw like fire and red, and we were just like, yeah, we're gonna stay here. It, it just got <laughs> my nerves. And then they had the audacity to try to lock up in the gym as if that was gonna help. Like I just I don't know. Most I just people like people were leaving. Most people were Yeah, most leaving. people were leaving. But it was it was also like I I don't know. It was it was kind of weird. I was okay, like just to add I am sorry. But like Nevada, that's real life. Like exactly. For instance, when a natural disaster happens, there are people who have the money and resources to leave. But then it, there's the okay, people it wasn't, it wasn't about leaving. It was more like it was more like wow that really happened and we're just like it, it just felt like a cliffhanger and not in the good way that, in the bad yeah. and on top of it they don't even know what's going on they just That's think it's a regular natural disaster and then some of them still think it's like the devil and the devil's cult like they they don't know what's going on so they probably was like oh well that was it i'm gonna just stay here yeah but like i just feel like 
it was just very anticlimactic. Like you were like, oh, okay, Eleven's helping him. Okay, she's in the hospital. Okay, Lucas, what's that's that's what's going on with him? Okay, and now everybody's back and we're in cahoots, I guess. But yeah, like what's really it, it's on? setting the stage for the final season. But it, it didn't close it didn't close any stage. This was like a that's, this season this season was like one long filler episode. I feel like oh. every season <laughs> has like a has like a partially closed stage. This season had no No, there was no this uh, this entire season was like the volume one and volume two. Let Nasir go ahead and say, what was you saying, Nasir? I feel like the first episode, there wasn't that much going on. Like the first episode was kind of boring, like it was baseless. And then like second episode, that's when they gave you everything. Mm-hmm. And all of that. Well, well I feel like the first episode is like, let's catch up on the characters. Where are they now? And then they give you the tea, which makes sense. I agree. What What was your thoughts, Delani? What's your What was your worst moment? Um. Okay. Well, like I said, I give it. What did I give it? An A. Yeah. Um. Cause I don't really have anything negative to say. I didn't have any like worst moments. I guess the only things for me that I can criticize were that maybe I just felt underwhelmed at some points because I feel like in like the other seasons, it was very like action packed and you're like, Eleven's fighting this monster. It's getting really intense. And then, you know, everyone's fighting this and everyone's fighting that. But I feel like there wasn't like a lot of like action. And if there was, I feel like it was kind of underwhelming compared to the other seasons. So that's probably like the only like critique I have, but I think my worst moment, and now I'm going to sound like a hater here, but like me personally, I don't really like Max. Like I don't, I don't hate her. Yes! Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't. Okay. But but this has nothing to do with what I'm about to say though. But I just hate in movies and TV shows when the directors hint at like killing off the character or getting rid of a character, and then like they do it, but then they don't do it. And it's just like I think if you're gonna like commit to like if you're gonna like at killing off a character or doing something to a character you should commit to it if it's a, if you're trying to get rid of a main character just get rid of them like i would have rather they have just been like oh she's dead instead of being like she's brain dead like what's the point of her being here now like are they gonna revive her because i will absolutely hate that if they try to revive her because it's I just like you're gonna revive her kill her off because she's brain dead like I don't, I don't think that they like See, when I was looking at it, I didn't see it as, oh, yeah, she's going to die. Like, because she was part of the party, I was like, okay, she's a main character. And not a lot of main characters, they, directors don't kill off the main character because they know that's, like, it's pretty bad. So, like, I saw her as that, like, oh, she's not going to die. Yeah, she's marked for death, but she's not going to die. So I was really shocked when when she started, her bones started cracking yeah, and she, she was about to die. I was like, I'm what shocked. the heck are you all doing? We are, and then like by that point, I already knew Billy was dead. So I'm like, you can't kill another person because I figured out the formula for Stranger Things. They always kill the most lovable character. They're always a new character, so they're never really long. So it doesn't hurt as much because they're new. So that's why I was like, they're not going to kill Max. They already killed Billy, uh, Eddie. I mean, they already killed Eddie. So why would they kill Max? So I was really surprised, and I, I really thought like they wasn't they weren't gonna kill her because she's part of like the main cast. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. She's part of the main cast. So if you're going to hint at like she her bones, that means she should have been dying or she should have died. 
but then you just decided to like curve around it and be like oh no she's brain dead not really dead like no just just have the guts to kill off i mean they actually said she's brain dead it's just in a coma that though we can't like it's obvious like because l looked her mind i don't think it's obvious that she's brain dead like because if she was brain dead i think they would just pull the plug but i think she's in a coma and i think that's again I felt like the way the season ended was it was all like typically like I always like shows that where you give me the season finale in that joint on something that makes me want to come back and see the next season. Yeah. To me, it makes the coolest season finale because I'm like, oh, now I got to wait all this time to see the next one. And I understand what like Bay said, oh, they didn't resolve anything. Well, technically they did because they figured out who Vector is and they found out that he's the dude that was pulling all the strings from the get-go. And then it's like, so you you fought him in the, in the battle and that was one battle and he, you didn't finish him off, which was Nancy's fault. And I'll get to that later. But yeah. like, actually it was Nancy's fault. Uh, but but you, you had that and now you see, okay, now he's got these portals open and now the, the upside down is coming into Hawkins, and that's where it ends. So now you're like, oh, what's gonna happen? And Max is almost dead. Oh, what's gonna happen? Like that shocked me because I, I didn't think they was gonna kill Max. Because first off, I didn't think they was gonna do it. And then next thing you know, when she floating in the air and they start breaking bones, I'm like, oh snap, they break your bones. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then like Lucas is holding her and she's crying, telling, oh, I don't want to die. And you're like, oh crap. <laughs> What the? What's going on? Like that was that was oh man, I was like all up in. I was getting choked up. I was all like, oh, mm-hmm. they're killing us. <laughs> all right, Ricky, what was your worst moment? Um, worst moment hands down is when Lucas was getting beat up by Jason. That was really oh. a hard blow for the black community. <laughs> like. I couldn't sit there and just watch my fellow African American brother get beat up like that. Like that was terrible. And then Erica got tackled by a grown man. Oh, yeah. He's like 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that took me off. Weird. I'm not even it was exactly. It was giving. It was giving. Racially motivated. Pedophile. Yeah. I don't know what you think about these kids. I'm not. And you can't tackle nobody like that. That's strange. Exactly. The way he's taking she could tackling a little girl like that. You it need to go to jail. Vibes. It was very much. And then, and then Jason had the audacity to point a gun at Lucas. This he is wild. He was wild. White privilege. White privilege. He said, I should have left you on that corner. But you didn't. Terrible. Jail time needs to be served. Because oh, and he messed his face up. Oh, he messed his face real bad. Oh my he, goodness. He, he got he got him in the end. He started giving him. It doesn't money. matter if he got him and in the end. My my main man Lucas did not deserve that. He didn't deserve that at all. He should have picked up that gun off the floor and went tum tum to the dome. <laughs> That's not fair. That's not fair that Lucas had to deal with that racial profile. And he Max. stepped on Kate Bush so they couldn't save uh, Max and oh, be the thing. Nah, that was pretty bad. He broke the headphones so he save Max. As much as I hate Max, and I'm so glad. Actually, no, I'm so upset that she didn't die. Gosh. He had my man Lucas on the floor crying, talking about Erica help. This is terrible. I couldn't sit there and watch. I was crying. I was on the floor bawling. It was terrible. I cannot sit there and watch Lucas be defeated like that. I don't care about Max. 
Max is a white woman. Max actually <laughs> does die in season five. I hate her character. It's she grief. Gets- what you going against Max? What? Where was all of this with Billy, who was actually a racist? I have everything against Max. I have everything against Max. But nothing oh. against Billy, though. Oh, okay. 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 Okay, whatever. Anyways, I have everything wow. against Max. Billy. She likes Billy, but um, she like that. Wait a minute, time oh, out. Oh my god, Mike! <laughs> no, everybody, okay. I have something against him. Time out. Did you say you like Billy? No, I never said that. I never said that. I have something against Billy, Max, Will, oh. Mike, Eleven. Basically, everybody in the show. I have something oh. against them. What do you sounded. You sound a little racist right now. Why do I sound racist? Just because I don't like the majority of the cast. Majority of the cast is white. What am I supposed to do? I like some characters. No, because they're all terrible. I it's racist if she doesn't like them simply because they're white. The closet is see-through. It's glass. It's terrible because he can't see that Will's gay and it's a terrible boyfriend to Elle. Oh Elle is terrible because she's always like, you're Papa. I don't care about Papa. You're being a weirdo. You're being weird. Please be quiet. And then don't get me started with Nancy. Nancy is a terrible sibling. Nancy has guns in the house. What the hell comes in the house? Just because you're like, she gets my nerves. And then at that, ooh. Jonathan gets my nerves. Jonathan is creepy. Jonathan is weird. This is Jonathan hate club. I hate Jonathan. I hate Jonathan. I hate He's such a good big brother, though. I don't care if he's a good big brother. He's a weirdo. He gave an A with God. I feel like you just listed more stuff than Vaya. Right. Yeah. You gave it an A? That's why the show gets up A minus. Worst people give screen time to good people. Good people get good screen time. Bad people get you know screen time. First of all, the cast can hear you now. Well, give me give me an example of the person you felt like should got more screen time. That I felt like should have got more screen. Lucas, Lucas should have got death more screen time. The- How would that work? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it would work. Yeah, okay. Imagine you're the Duffer Brothers and I'm pitching to you why Lucas should get more screen time. You are the producers, you are the director, you are the writer of the show. Figure it out. This is not my business. (laughs) It's yours. Nobody will watch your show. Well, other than Lucas, who else? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Is it Probably just Erica? Is that why you can't spell America without Erica? Exactly. Period. You can't spell America without Erica. Period. Period. Oh, there is no America without Erica. That's the first half of my review of or uh excuse me, our review of Stranger Things Volume 2. Um the second half or the second part of it will be included in the second part of uh, of uh, the Catching Up episode of Zero to 100 podcast. Uh, but right now, I'm going to get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe's phases. Uh, had my brother Corey and my niece Samaya on and we just talked about that. And um, we pretty much talk about what are it's 
primarily focused on Marvel's Phase Four. Like we get into the discussion of um of what the what was presented at Comic Con, but then we really get into uh, Marvel's Phase Four and just rank uh in particular the movies. Uh, at this part and then i'll be back to talk some cowboys you're listening to the zero to 100 podcast it's the zero to 100 podcast i am joined by my brother Corey. what's up Corey? hey and my niece samaya hey samaya hello so ricky uncle ricky couldn't join us i did want to have him on uh because he has his thoughts on all that Marvel's been doing, but I wanted to have you guys on because I didn't even feel like Thor Love and Thunder was worthy of a podcast review because that's how much I disliked it. The more I marinated on it and thought, uh, and and then after San Diego Comic-Con though, where Marvel revealed all their plans for phase four, phase five and phase six, I was like, yes, now we can talk about it. And we'll just talk about, I think we can talk about Phase 4 in general because it's coming to an end with uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever. And then the big news to me was uh, finding out that Phase 6 was going to have two Avengers movies in one year, which is pretty awesome to me. So let's get started. I will say this. Corey, what is your overall thoughts on Marvel's Phase 4 thus far? Did you enjoy Black? Uh, did you enjoy Thor: Love and Thunder? Because uh, I'll get your thoughts, your grade on that. Then. Yeah, I guess I thought Thor: Love and Thunder was okay. I would give it a, I would give it a, a B. I, I was between like B and B minus, but it 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 had stuff that I enjoyed in it, so I I give it a B. Um, phase four overall. It, I almost wish that they would just like let let the phase thing go, um, because then it, it's, it's kind of like you know you're just free to make movies and I guess if they intersect or whatever, cool. Or you could even you know do it on some multiverse stuff. Just because like this phase four um, is is not cohesive at all. So like I I I don't know how they go tie it all in together. Um, just because, like, they have things that are happening that are um, not connected at all. Like, you got three different, like, multiverse movies, and one of them which had, you know, like, if you think about um, Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home, those movies should be much more connected than, you know, than they were. Like, the, the only thing that connected them is that they talked about the multiverse, but you know, nothing that happened in Spider-Man No Way Home had any effect on multiverse of madness and vice versa. So and 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 then it's like you got Loki out there with the the TBA and Kang. And so it's just like, you know, you have all these things happening with the multiverse, and not to mention like the show What If and you know, whatever. So it, it's like I think it would be it would make much more sense if they were just like all of these things are happening in different universes uh, in the multiverse because um yeah it, it, it's just all over the place and so I'm just like why even call it a phase like the infinity saga it made sense bringing them together and then even the the stuff happening in the backgrounds to to tie it all together the rest of this is just like hey we're just doing stuff 
Oh, uh, so Maya, what's your thoughts? Like, because uh, I think, like, what are your thoughts on the phase four? And then what was your letter grade for Thor Love and Thunder? I would say my letter grade for Thor Love and Thunder would be like a C. And I would say that like phase four, generally, um, I just feel like these movies that have come out and maybe even some of the shows, they've kind of been like, I don't know what the word is like. They were kind of like, they were like, they didn't, they didn't meet my standards. They fell under my standards. And I'm kind of thinking of it because the way Uncle Corey just explained it, now I'm starting to think like phase four isn't really a phase. It's more like a filler, like a filler episode that you get in anime. I feel like all these stories, because they don't connect with each other, it's just like filling up time and creating backstories for what's to come in phase five and phase six. So, I mean, it would be really nice because that's what I thought. When I watched Loki, I was like, oh, okay. So that's what Doctor Strange is going to be about. And everybody on the internet was like, oh, yeah, Doctor Strange is going to be like Wanda, Loki, y'all done messed up the multiverse, and now I got to go fix it. But no. I mean, sort of, but like, no. Like, we don't know what happened to Loki. We don't know what's going on. They don't know that there's another Loki from the timeline they messed up in, in the game. So it's like, we're, there's still questions. They created more questions. I was hoping for them to answer questions. And I didn't even know that the phase four was going to be ending with Black Panthers. I thought there were going to be more movies that was going to go and talk about multiverse. So that was, that was an interesting point, Uncle Corey. But I just feel like a lot of the movies, they've been like, the plot has been, it's not as good as it you like the other movies were. And I don't, some of the dialogue is kind of off as well. I just, I didn't like it that much. And it's making me a little upset because I'm like, hey, what's say, the next movie's going to be about? Because well, so What was your letter grade for Thor? I'm sorry. I said C. Okay. I feel like both of y'all letter grades for that movie was too high. The too more high? I, yes. The more I marinated it, the more I think about it. I swear, I almost feel like the more I think about Thor of Love and Thunder, the angrier I get. Because I was like, when I first saw it, I was kind of like, eh, this is all right. I'll give it a, a B or whatever. But then I started to really think about it. And the, it was so annoying. And there was so much cringy stuff in it. And so much, like, every single serious moment had to be undershot with humor. And I don't have a problem with that. But it was just... It wasn't even good humor. It wasn't even that funny. And it's like by the time he got to the part where he gave all the little kids the power of Thor, I was like, oh, I'm out. This is out. I'm out of this. This is trash. I can't even defend this nonsense. So I was like, I'll give it a C. And then I was like, no, it's going lower than that. I'm at a D. I'm at a D right now. And, and the more I really reflect on it, I just feel like I want to drop it lower. I will disagree with you guys in regards to the phase four. And the reason why is because I feel like I understand what it is. At first, I was like, none of this stuff is really connected. It doesn't make any sense. What is this? I don't get it. Yes, Infinity Saga, it connected and it made sense. These are all these weird separate stories. But I realized what Phase 4 really is. And what Phase 4 is, is simply introducing new characters and expanding 
the universe. It's introducing new elements. Like that's why you got Eternals. That's why you got Shang Chi. That's why you got like uh, Hawkeye and his sidekick and the other young Avengers that they're introducing. That's why even though I didn't enjoy it, where you got Miss Marvel and and her elements, and I think the whole point of it is to simply establish multiple characters and to build the comic book universe on the big screen. Because if you look at comic books, there's a ton of characters and a lot of separate stories. And the only time they really come together is when there's like a crossover event. And I think that's what they are doing with phase four is like, we're establishing all these characters and there's all these separate adventures. And then it will culminate with phase five and phase, or actually phase six, when we're having our crossover major event, which is the Avengers movie, which is why we haven't had any Avengers movies because they want to establish all these different characters. So I I give, in terms of phase four, I give it a high mark once I understand to me what they're doing with it. Like, to me, if I had to rank the phase fours, like, like I understand what you said, somebody, you but like, oh, I'm worried. I'm not really worried because I still feel like there have been quality movies. Like, No Way Home, somebody, I'll tell you right now, I will jump through this computer screen. I will choke you if you try to tell me that No Way Home wasn't greatness. That was the greatest Spider-Man movie I've seen. I, okay, so so this is what I'm gonna say. Um, I love Spider Man, and I love that they brought all the three Spider Mans into one movie. I love that. The only thing that could have probably made it even better is if Stan Lee had a cameo, but that was impossible. Yeah, so. I know, I know, I know. For like a hologram. Uh. Anyway. Ridiculous, anyway, the thing that I noticed after watching it was that, like, they were really banking off of having all three of them in that movie. If you think about it, it was, like... But it was a I mean, maybe it's because I have a problem story. with Tom Collins, Peter Parker, because I feel like they treat him, they have his story as, like, he's a baby, he's a kid. I get it, he's supposed he's to be a kid who doesn't know what he's doing. He's supposed to make mistakes and stuff. But, like, I don't know. We could see, like, don't trust these All villains is, from a listen, long way away. That's the point. Like, this, the whole, you know, it's like when they said they they was redoing Spider-Man and they wasn't doing his origin because it's like, oh, you already know his origin. I look at the three Spider-Man movies because I'll be honest, I didn't like Homecoming that much. I didn't think Homecoming was that great. I thought it was okay. It was just all right. Far From Home was dope to me. But No Way Home pretty much put Spider-Man where he's supposed to be, which is he's a loner. He does stuff himself, and he builds things himself, and he has the adversity where, man, I would love to go out on this date, but I can't go out on this date because I gotta go stop this supervillain. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And then you had the tragedy with Aunt May being gone because you didn't get to see the Uncle Ben thing, and they simply replaced Uncle Ben with Aunt May, and then it even fits in terms of the multiverse because this is just a different version. It's just brilliant. No, I, I'm the multiverse stuff, though. It, it, it that goes more to what I was saying. Like this phase four, 
them them expanding and all that still is like okay expand it and say that it's different universes because you telling me that that no avengers uh would would care that the freaking sky went backwards in egypt or whatever they wouldn't be investigating that we saw an end game like that they they're monitoring world events and stuff like that and then you even saw at the end of shang chi like you know he reached out to wong and captain marvel so Nobody reached out about the freaking sky going backwards in Egypt and then well, giant monsters fighting in Egypt. You know, it, it's, not it's to mention the stuff that happened in New Jersey, like damage control. Like, where are the Avengers? Like, I, I, you know, it's funny that you say that because there is a funny meme that has been going around that, like, we've had three movies since the Eternals and nobody wants to talk about how this Eternal yeah. came up. <laughs> so. I mean, all right, again, I, I'm i not saying that you're not right with there's a problem with these things not being connected. However, I think if you look at it from a standpoint of they're laying groundwork, and the point of this is to introduce new characters, they have been successful in terms of introducing new characters and setting the stage, I think. That's fine, but I'm like, you got you to gotta have some kind of thread and you could have done it with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, where, like, show me the Watcher or something, looking at different un- multiverses, because, like, you can't... It, it's it's going to be, like, BS or whatever, CYA, if they come out after the fact on some, uh, oh, you know, the stuff that happened with Spider-Man, that was Universe 838 or whatever. You know what I mean? They start naming different numbers of universes. But I'm just like... I need some like you can't just say oh that was a different uh, universe so now here's uh, T'Challa from some different universe or whatever like I need to see the Watcher the Watcher better get introduced in Wakanda Forever is all I'm saying well they introduced the Watcher in What If well he need to come into the movies like you brought uh, Captain Britain from What If I need to see the Watcher because then I could be like, okay, well, this is all it, like anything can happen anywhere at any time, and I would be like, okay, you know, it makes sense why this stuff might be separated or disparate or whatever, you know what I mean? But no, like you, you gotta have some thread in the background somewhere tying it together. Like so, otherwise, what's the point of these stingers? Let me, let me say, all right. So let's get. I, I feel like, all right. So I'm. I understand where Phase 4 is. I don't have a problem with it. Let me get your rankings of the movies of Phase 4. Like, I'm not even going to include the Disney Plus. You know, I'm going to do a separate ranking for the Disney Plus shows. Mm -hmm. So, for me, I would say the Phase 4 movies, I would rank it No Way Home, number one, Multiverse of Madness, two, Black Widow, three, Eternals, four, and Shang-Chi is five. Oh, I'm sorry. Shang-Chi five and Thor Love and Thunder is six. That's where I would put it. That, because it's bottom of the bottoms for me. So, Corey. I would go uh, uh, No Way Home, Thor Love and Thunder, Multiverse of Madness. Um, and the rest of them is just carbage. Uh, I thought you didn't hate Eternals. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but I'm just like, it was also the whole thing of, you know, 
what have y'all been doing when half the population got snapped out of existence? Like, y'all should have been like, okay, well, we didn't do anything because Thanos actually delayed the birth of this eternal. But anyway, so that's that's why I'm kind of like, um, screw you. you know what? No, the eternal, the celestial. Then, yeah, you know what? No, I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna say no way, no way home. Uh, multiverse of madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, Eternals, Shang Chi, Black Widow. You put mm-hmm. Black Widow in the bottle? Yeah, because it, it it was uh I'm like it, it's in the same vein of Winter Soldier, but it's nowhere near as good. Where it's just oh, like, you know, spy intrigue, whatever. I'm like the movie was pointless. No, I thought it was good action. And I thought it like the, it, it frustrated me from a standpoint because I really liked the Black Widow character and I thought it was a good action movie. So, and I really like the uh, her sister Yelena. I, I like the again the introduction of new characters. She was fine, but I'm just like, if they had introduced her in uh, Hawkeye, like if she did the exact same thing in Hawkeye, it would have been probably just as effective. So, Maya, what's your rankings for the movies? I would say. Honestly, need to watch some of them over, but um, I would say Far From Home, No Way Home. Oh, No Way Home, yeah, No Way Home. I'll say Black Widow, then I'll say Eternals. Oh, Doctor Strange. Multiverse of Madness, then I'd go. Wait, what was the other? I know there's Shang Chi. Was there another one? Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Shang Chi. That's the only okay. time. I'll say Thor: Love and Thunder, and then Shang Chi. The only thing you got right was was uh well I, I was no right or wrong because it's my opinion. Well, your opinion's wrong. So that's <laughs> just. <laughs> And let me clarify, like, I no no disrespect to Shang-Chi. Like, I thought it was going to be amazing. It's just, I I don't know. The story didn't add up. It was was weak. It was weak. Let's just be honest about you guys. And they really, like, I'm telling you, these some of these movies, they're just banking off of one aspect of it. Like, Far From Home, having three three of the actors. First off, it's No Way Home. It's No Way Home. Or we're introducing Asian Pacific Islanders to the Marvel Universe. Okay? But, like, don't disrespect them by giving them a a terrible plot and a terrible story. Well, point is, you need to get the Spider-Man movie right, but... I, I accept your list, except for you got Eternals way too high. It's just it, it I just like liked how I liked how Icarus died because I literally like I was in the movie theaters and when they like stopped the Celestial, I was like he should kill himself and he did. And well, then he, what? Like, so, like, their names are so like synonymous with the the characters that we know them of. Like for instance, like Icarus flew too far into the sun and that's how he died. I just that was really interesting to me. Anyway, and then they introduced uh, Harry Styles too. I was excited for that. 
Sure you were. That, that movie, I'm just like, uh, the Eternals all sucked. It was too long, yeah. too. I'm, I I'm like sorry. They were killing them, too. Can we talk about how they're killing off characters? Like, I really didn't appreciate in Doctor Strange when they killed off the Illuminati like that. Like, that was the show, The Power of the Scarlet Witch. And plus, it doesn't matter because that was in a different universe. So I don't know. Yeah. But no, uh, that just seems a bit off. That, that, that Eternals, the only the main issue I had with Eternals was the length. It was way too long. It was just, and I felt it. Like I could tell. I was like, man, this thing is. I'm, let's scale this thing back, man. Let's chunk a cut a good thirty-five minutes out of this thing. It's too much. It's too long. It was, they needed to scale that back. That's gonna do it for um, our Marvel. Uh, phase four, I would say, pretty much review for their their cinematic side for the movie side of it. Um, as I like, I said to Sabaya and uh, Corey, I feel like Phase Four for Marvel Studios, the whole purpose and point of Phase Four was simply expanding the universe and exp- expanding the the uh, like they they've literally built the comic book universe on screen like it's not beat for beat the same and in fact it's very different from the comic book universe but the introduction of all these characters and all these different stories and all these different locations and and genres is simply to introduce the new characters and, and the new elements into this and I feel like that's the that was the whole point of phase four in fact I even think that's the whole point of the multiverse uh, saga in general which is just to expand these different to create these different universes which I think it at the end of it when it culminates in Avengers uh, Secret Wars is is probably going to be to merge it back into one to pare it down or anything like that. But but we'll see. I'm excited. In the next episode, I we'll get back into we'll get into the rankings of our um, uh, of the Disney Plus Marvel shows and then also go through into more detail because I didn't even get into the announcements. Uh, all the announcements that that uh, Marvel Studios made at San Diego Comic Con and and. The next episode won't take as long. Won't take anywhere near as long, like a month, month and a half to get out. Uh, it'll be probably within this week, because like I said, I still have the second half of um, the Stranger Things Volume Two review, as well as the remainder of uh, the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, discussion that I had with Samaya and Corey, and then also. Like I'll probably go into more detail of some of the politics elements that I wanted to touch on. But I want to talk some Cowboys right now. And the reason I want to talk Cowboys is just, as I said at the beginning of the episode, last year I really been exposed to Cowboys Twitter. Um, it, it's, like, it's funny in general. Like I used to never be on Twitter. I used to never pay attention to it. I never cared about it. I thought, in fact, the concept itself was just dumb. And, but now I, over the last couple of years, I found myself in like more involved with it, especially in terms of just information and, and uh, talking to back and forth with people and following certain people and following certain topics. And especially with the way that it works now is that it, depending on what you're looking at or what you typically read or like or retweet, then they gear things towards you, like they steer things in your 
purview. You got to be careful with it because everybody has a, a echo chamber and you just kind of hear the same things back and forth. But I want to specifically talk about Cowboys Twitter right now. And one of the things that I've noticed, especially last year, last season to me was so much better than the year before. The year before, Dak Prescott broke his ankle versus the Giants. It was the sixth game of the season. And then after that, it was like they were already struggling, you know, that year trying to conform to Mike McCarthy's new system and his philosophy and, uh, you know, everything like that. So it was already a, a tough year. And then they were struggling. And then Dak Prescott breaks his ankle and he's out for the season. So you pretty much know what was going to happen. It was a horrible season. They finished 6-10. and 10. It was just bad. So last year when they went, uh, it was the first time they had 17 games. They went 12-5. and five, And it's just, I will take a, a season where I get to see the Cowboys win 12 games at one point, they won uh, seven consecutive, uh, sh- like seven straight after uh, losing the first game of the season. And I will take that as opposed to the season before where they went 6-10. and ten. Now, granted, it sucked that they got in the playoffs at home. Play- they got the three seed, playing the 49ers, and you thought that they should beat the 49ers, and they should have. Um but, you know, they got manhandled physically, I would say, in that game. And they just never – they didn't get going until the fourth quarter when they was in comeback mode. Like, they were down by two scores for the majority of the game. And then they finally got back and then they cut it to a one-score game. And they had two opportunities to try to score, uh, the, the go-ahead touchdown to win the game. And it, it even after the one drive where they had – they pretty much had, like, three minutes or four minutes left on the clock and they ended up getting down to a fourth down and Dak throws up a if you go back and when I went back and watched that game and you see Dak Prescott throw that that pass on fourth down if Cedric Wilson had just ran his route and kept his feet then he easily can make that catch and it's a first you know first and goal and you're about to you know try to score a touchdown and take the lead it's just but even after that, the defense had opportunity after opportunity to get the ball back, and then penalties like Randy Gregory freaking tackling an offensive lineman on a sweep that he wasn't even involved in and was already snuffed out by Micah Parsons and crew. And so it just that was bad. Neville Gallimore getting hands to the face on an interception by Jimmy Garoppolo, which negated the interception was bad. Like, they had opportunities to win. And then even then, even still, they got the ball back and still got in position to try to score. And they they couldn't because, okay, Dak ran too far and didn't get down in time. And then the refs be bumped into the rest, so they couldn't set the ball. And the time ran out. But as disappointing as it is, I will take that season over what happened the year prior, and I would take just the things that they did under Mike McCarthy, I preferred over Jason Garrett. That's just me. So going into this year, it's just crazy to me that I almost feel like certain Cowboys fans are even worse than other teams' fan bases because 
you would think the way that they talk about the team, the way they worry about, like, oh, the, you know, and don't get me wrong, I am not a fan of Jerry Jones, the GM. I'm not a fan of Stephen Jones. I, in fact, I came to the realization that I used to always cling to the hope that, well, once Jerry Jones is gone and then, um, you know, Stephen takes over, then maybe things get better. I no longer have that thing. I'm, I'm actually more worried when Stephen takes over because unlike Jerry Jones where – Jerry Jones would take risk and do bold moves to try to bring attention. Steven just seems like the ultimate cheapskate to me. He cares more about having a uh, more money in the salary cap than he does actually making big moves or getting players to pay for players to come push you over the top or to go all in. Like He just doesn't seem to have that mindset that I'm going to take this huge risk or go all in to try to win this game. And that's 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 why I'm terrified when he, he takes over. It, it's just Stephen Jones terrifies me. Cat boy, as most people, uh, Cowboy fans call him now. Um, but the thing that is, is disheartening is about those things. I still root for my team and I still have an optimistic feeling that they're going to succeed. I go back to when Jimmy Johnson left and Barry Switzer came in and the Cowboys went to the NFC Championship game for the third straight year. And then, you know, they lost to the 49ers. And, but they went, they put themselves in such a hole. Every Cowboys player on that team will always point to that NFC Championship game as their finest moment because they were down 21 nothing. They made it a game. They came back and they, you know, almost had a chance to, to, to come back and win that game. And they, they didn't give up. But the very next year when the Cowboys went and won the Super Bowl, I feel like they, like they got Deion Sanders and then they went on this run and Emmitt Smith broke the touchdown record that year. I always said that team, to me, probably was the most talented Cowboys team because, to me, they won in spite of their coaching. And that's the one thing that kind of gives me hope, that in spite of the coaching, in spite of the GM, in spite of the, the machinations of Jerry Jones – if they get the right pieces and they get the right talent, it can win in spite of those things. Now, I think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. I definitely think he's a better coach in terms of what's going on uh, with the Cowboys than when Barry Switzer was. Like, I didn't think Barry Switzer was a good coach. I just thought he got in there and he took Jimmy Johnson's team and he won a Super Bowl. So, But I still always had that hope that in spite of Jerry Jones' medal and this and that, if you get a smart coach or you get a guy who knows how to – execute and and build a culture and everything like that then you can still win especially if you get the right talent so even though they lost Lyle Collins they traded away Amari Cooper and the more each day you see what happened with that they're idiots in terms of how they I don't even have a problem with them trading Amari Cooper it's just that what you got for it was ridiculous like you and you didn't have to do it you did not have to trade them that's whoo anyway let me try to stay on subject here because I just want to talk about Cowboy fans' reactions to one training camp and this preseason game versus the Broncos and the scrimmage versus the Broncos. So, even though, like I said, I didn't, I'm not a fan of the offseason moves that the Cowboys have done, I still look at this division and I look at the NFC as a whole and I look at the quarterback that we have. And I think Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback. Like, I'm not going to sit there and say he's Patrick Mahomes or he's uh, Justin Herbert or, or uh, you know, even Lamar Jackson to an extent. Like, Lamar Jackson is elite 
when it comes to running the football. He is elite, plain and simple. But I think Dak Prescott is a better passer than Lamar Jackson, plain and simple. I just think Dak Prescott can pass the ball better than Lamar Jackson. I think he can use his feet. And that's one of the things that I look at in the previous season that he was, if you look at how he played before the New England game and after the New England game on the last play where he threw the touchdown to CeeDee Lamb to win the game in overtime, he got a calf strain and he missed the Minnesota, he missed the Minnesota game and then he came back after the calf strain. And you can see a clear difference in how he played and, and even how teams played against him it was a clear difference to how it was the first half of the season. Like he was killing the blitz. Like he was killing the blitz. If you want a great follow uh, Bob Stern of uh, DFW 1310, the ticket did a great, he, and he writes for the athletic. He, he does great breakdowns on, on players and he did um, like, he did a great breakdown on Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense prior to his calf injury and after it. And he was noticing how teams, were like, you know, when they were blitzing the Cowboys, Dak Prescott was eating it up. He was killing the blitz. And then teams started, especially started with the Denver game, started to play more zone and more coverage and stop running as much man because the Cowboys were, you know, he was forcing the Cowboys to go, you either go to be patient or you have to just dump it off and you got, you know, pick your poison and, and, and you got to go slow and methodical and you have to execute underneath to be able to move the ball. And teams also noticed that Dak Prescott wasn't running. There was no threat of the run, so you didn't have to have a quarterback spot. You could just drop as many people back in coverage as you could and force Dak Prescott to go ahead, well, oh, let me just dump it off to Dalton Schultz. I can't hit CD over top. I can't hit a bracketed Amari Cooper. Uh, you know, I can find Cedric Wilson here and there, but Cedric Wilson, again, isn't Amari Cooper or CD Lamb or even Michael Gallup. So, it's teams play him differently. And I just feel like now that he's healthy, he's got full off season work. He's tightened up his body. He's gotten lean. I think you will see that other element that was missing from him down the second half of this, of the season. The other thing that I feel encouraged about is just Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons was a beast. He finished second in defensive player of the year to T.J. Watt, and he won Defensive Rookie of the Year. And it's just like, he he looks like a game wrecker and a game changer, and I'm excited about what he can do in year two, especially with a healthy Demarcus Lawrence, who's also got lean and, and fit, and I just feel really positive about that. I, I feel good about that. And the thing that is crazy to me is, so... Seeing like the reaction from Twitter and the, the comments from people and the beat writers following the, the Cowboys scrimmage versus Broncos and, the, you know, there's like, oh, this offensive line is this. This offensive line looks terrible. Oh, we, they, they getting bullied. They getting punked by this Broncos team. They not physical. And I'm just like, dude, it's practice. It's practice. It's a scrimmage. It's not even a real game. And in fact, the offensive line was playing musical chairs. Tyron Smith was held out because he had an ankle injury. And they didn't even want to risk him because you know why? Because it's practice. It's preseason. I'm not going to risk my start and left tackle for that. Um, it, it just... It, listen, the depth is not there. But 
if this was like Tyron Smith was out there, he was starting. Tyler Smith, the first round draft pick, was starting next to Tyler Smith. I mean, Tyron Smith, and he was struggling, and Zach Martin was struggling, and every like then I would be like, okay, oh ish, like we in trouble because this don't look good. But to play musical chair, like you're doing this stuff in preseason and in practices so that you work it out before the season starts. Like the reaction I had from California, oh, this team is terrible. This team is this. Oh, this season's over. You would think it was week 13. The Cowboys are seven and six. And the game that they just lost to the, you know, to this team put them behind and making the playoffs or put them two games behind the Eagles to win the division. It's just it's preseason. It's not that just calm the F down. Like I just it's almost like it was perfectly made for the Allen Iverson um clip when he's talking about practice. Like we talking about practice. We talking about practice. Like not a game. Not a game. Practice. And that's the thing that's killing me. Like, I literally saw on, on, in the preseason game, like, granted, it was a ridiculous amount of penalties. And it's so funny that the same refereeing crew that crewed the preseason game versus the Broncos was the same crew that, you know, refereed the playoff game versus the 49ers and refereed the Cowboys in the first game of the season versus the Buccaneers where they had a ton of penalties. Some questionable ones at that in that game. So it's just... I'm not saying the Cowboys definitely have a penalty problem. They definitely need to address it. Now, some of those penalties, incredibly ticky-tack and bullcrap to me. Like, there's a Sam Williams roughing the passer where he literally hit the quarterback like one second after the quarterback released the ball to throw it into the flat. Now, I'm not, and I'm being generous to me with the second because it was literally like he's rushing him, quarterback lets the ball go, hit. As soon as he lets it go. And then they call it roughing. And that was insane to me. Like, Tyler Smith had a pancake block. And they called holding. So, it's... The point is, yes. Penalties are bad. And the Cowboys definitely have a penalty problem for sure. But here's the deal. I want them to work it out now. In preseason. As opposed to in the regular season. If I'm seeing a problem now, good. Do it all day long now because you know what you can't do when the season starts. You know you got to be better than that. You know you got – and here's the other thing. Like what, I saw this one person on Twitter point this out, and I totally agree with him. He was like, you know, you, you could just say it's hyperbole in terms of the number. But he was like, everybody crying about how the Cowboys got beat versus the Broncos in a first preseason game where Dak Prescott didn't play, Zach Martin didn't play, Tyron Smith didn't play, Ezekiel Elliott didn't play, Tony Pollard didn't play, C.D. Lamb didn't play, Noah Brown didn't play. It's like, it's just, Dalton Schultz didn't play. The point is, none of the real starters played. Michael Parsons didn't play. I'm not going to go through the whole list of starters, but the majority of the starters didn't play. And so, the guy was saying... You do realize that probably 60% of the players that played in that Broncos game aren't going to make the team. And I think he's absolutely right. Like, I have serious questions in regards to, like, Terrell Basham. I have serious questions in regards to Josh Ball. Woo, buddy. That If that's the swing tackle, and I know they drafted Matt Walesco to really be the swing tackle, but he got hurt. Um, yeah, they probably go, do need to look at tackle 
like scour the waiver wire and free agency who picks up who and drops who because they they do have a problem with swing tackle. I'll admit that because Josh Ball, you not it, bro. Just no, he looked terrible. Um, and Cooper Rush, look, don't even get me started. The how they won that game in Minnesota with Cooper Rush that that's gonna be one of life's greatest mysteries because I don't get it. But it also is what gave me hope last season, the fact that they won the game with Cooper Rush as a quarterback because I know if Jason Garrett was coach, I'm not even – I know that wouldn't happen. The point is, let's calm down in terms of, oh, this team is awful. This team is terrible. Like, I saw somebody post, it was like, oh, this season's over. I'm just waiting for the Mavericks. Like, what the – like, what the heck? It's like <laughs> – First of all, like, and here's the funny thing, because people, like, would think, I'm not from Dallas, I have been, I was born and raised in the state of Delaware, I currently live in Philadelphia, so it's like, I am, but I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan, and have been since the moment I hit sports consciousness, I'll go into detail maybe next episode, of how I became a Cowboys fan, but it's just like, I'm, like, that is the only Dallas team that I really root for and follow, and... But it's funny to me that you like would immediately brush them off and go, oh, I'm rooting for this team now when it, the season hadn't even started, dude. Like, it's a preseason game. It's practice. Like, it, it was killing me. I was like, you know, Calvin Watkins is one of the beat writers. And he was killing me tweeting, like, updates from the Broncos-Cowboys scrimmage. Like, oh, the Cowboys offense scored once. The Broncos offense scored multiple times. And it's like... Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Th- thanks. Like no game plan. No, it's just literally drills and scrimmages and practice and plays and you just thanks for that update. Like like it's and then it was that was on the the same dude Calvin Watkins tweets after the, the preseason loss to the Broncos. The Broncos had the Cowboys number. What? Uh, okay. Yes. All right. I, I guess. I guess you can say that because of the preseason loss. I, I just don't care. It's just I don't care. I look for individual performances, and I look to see who does what individually. I honestly can care less about preseason. It's I can't even remember the last time I saw the Cowboys had a winning record in preseason or did decently. Their preseason last season was terrible, absolutely awful. It was well, they were bad, and. Dak, but Dak didn't play at all, and a lot of starters didn't play. And so it's just kind of funny to me that you're going to get that worked up and that upset off of players playing that probably are, that are literally fighting for a roster spot. Like they're in that position for a reason, and they're the ones that's playing, and so they look bad, and then everybody goes, oh, this team is terrible, oh, I can't. Where's Sean Payton? Mike McCarthy can't do that. Like, I would understand if this was like Dak and Zeke and CD out there and they look terrible like that. Like, I would get it. But, like, some of y'all need to calm the F down. That's, I can't even put it any other way other than some of y'all need to calm the F down. Like, calm down. Seriously. Like, you're going to give yourself a heart attack and an aneurysm before we even get to week two because you just worked up off of practices and preseason games. Calm down. Seriously. Uh, 
So that's going to do it for the Zero to 100 podcast. Again, the next episode will not take me a month and a half to get it out there. I will, it will be out much sooner. And in that episode, you're going to get the other half of my uh, review of Stranger Things Volume 2 with my nieces. And then you'll also get the rest of my thoughts on uh, Marvel's Phase 4, 5, and 6. Uh, especially the discussion I have in regards to Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever that's coming out in November. Man, I'm not even going to go into it right now because there's so much that I had to say about it and I'll just let you listen to it in the podcast. Uh, But anyway, I really appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for supporting the Zero to 100 podcast. If you have any questions or um, any questions or or comments that you want to share, just email the show at zero to 100 pod at gmail.com that's the number zero to 100 pod at gmail.com and also make sure you follow me on twitter at wcw poet this has been the zero to 100 podcast episode 91 catching up we've got more catching up to do but right now we out